globally in our firm, how can I help everybody? Right? It's like it doesn't matter if I'm helping my clients or somebody else's in the firm's clients. Like if I can do something to better our systems, our processes, um, so we can help more people and help them better, that's that fuels me as well. Sullivan with 401k specialist and this is the 401k specialist podcast. Here's a little Monday morning and Monday afternoon inspiration. Chris Roper has a lofty goal of helping 1 million people over the course of his career and so far he's on track to do so. It's one of the reasons Roper with Kansas-based qualified plan advisors is one of our top advisors by participant outcomes. He tells us about how specifically he'll reach his goal, a retirement plan case of which he's particularly proud and what the firm does better than anyone else. Chris, we know you're a world traveler and just returned from hiking volcanoes in Guatemala. Travel actually fits into your backstory and how you came to do what you do and do so well. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So actually in 2019, I was uh, heading to Southeast Asia for a friend's birthday. Um, That's where she wanted to go. So I ended up meeting her over there uh, for a couple days. And the rest of the time, uh, it just turned out that I was was traveling alone. It's the first time I've ever done that internationally before. Um, So I had a lot of time to think about different things, uh, especially considering that I didn't speak the language, uh, any of the languages over there. <laughs> um, so when I, I sat down and thought about my business uh, quite a bit, and I was like, you know, what do I actually do what I do? And it came back to me. It's like, you know what? The best feeling I get in the world is when I get to help the other people out. So helping other people out is really what drives me. Is It's my passion. And after that trip, I actually switched all my goals to just how many people can I help? And I set my goal at that time to help over a million people before I retire. That's amazing. Now, how is it different in terms of your business in, in, in its structure before versus at, after? Can you give us maybe just a little bit of a, a, an indication of specifically how it changed? Yeah. So, you know, before that, I was really focused on like my day to day on my clients um, and, and really figuring out how to help them out. But after that, I was focused more on, you know, globally in our firm, how can I help everybody? Right. It's like, it doesn't matter if I'm helping my clients or somebody else's in the firm's clients. Like, if I can do something to better our systems, our processes, um, so we can help more people and help them better, that's, that fuels me as well. So, how do you quantify that million? And are you on track at this point? Yeah. That's, I get that question all the time. Uh, and as of right now, uh, I just, you know, technology through the pandemic has actually really helped start to quantify that. It was kind of hard to track beforehand, but now we have a lot of more systems and processes in place in the firm. Uh, and I'll, right now, I'm using a lot of Salesforce, and we have uh, some other programs that I help use. Uh, as far as on track, I think of it like compounding interest, where it's harder to see that right now as opposed to what it could be in 10, 20 years from now. Uh, so we're, if you're looking at a straight line curve or straight line you know, slope on a graph, you'd be like, hell, there's no way he's on track. But I, I think with compounding effects, I think I'm on track. Oh, good answer. So obviously, a lot of what you do involves waking your your clients, participants up to exactly how much they have to save. And that's somewhat shocking. Uh, I know that you use Aon Hewitt, the real deal study. Could you just explain that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so one of my biggest things that I think about when I talk to people is just they don't have a clue what they should be saving, right? Uh, I go to a company, they have a 6% match. The majority of people are saving at 6%. If they have a 3% match, the majority of people are three. Now, when I talk to people and actually give them that example, like, look, you know, somebody's saving three and they think that's on track, but the other company's saving six, it can't be, those numbers can't be right. So we got to find the right number for you. And to give them that baseline, I say, let's, let's look at this study that Alan Hewitt puts out 
And I ask people, you know, what do you think a 25 year old starting today needs to be able to save to retire on time? You know, including that company match. And I get numbers all over the board and it's usually between six and 10% um, are the numbers I get. So there's a lot of wide eyes opening when, when I say, you know, 16 is the number. Um, and then we go through, we talk about that and, and say, hey, look, this is not to scare you. Um, we just want you to have that goalpost in mind. If this is what you should be shooting for, you know, we can develop a plan over time to get you there. And really taking that fear out of it is just saying, hey, here's this knee jerk reaction of a, a really high number. And then saying, hey, let's help you develop a plan to get you to where you need to be. Because um, really the conversation after that is like, we know for most people, 16% is not the right number, right? Most people aren't exactly 25 starting out and they're going to save that company for their entire working career. You know, and the numbers are never, I mean, the assumptions are never going to work out exactly like it is. So let's say, hey, let's have that be the conversation. We get you a goalpost and then let's figure out how to get you to what you actually need to get to and figure that out for them. And you don't want to scare them off, obviously. 16% is a big number. Yeah. And one of the things I do with people, as I tell people, is I like, look, I'll be really honest. I, I teach this for a living. I couldn't go from, you know, if I was at if I was at 6%, I couldn't go to 16% today, right? Um, I couldn't make that jump. But you know what we can do is if we know where we should be going, we can make a plan to put that in place. And small amounts over time is really using behavioral finance techniques to help get people uh, where they need to be. Chris, what's uh, one story that you're particularly proud of where you really knocked it out of the park for plan sponsors and plan participants? Yeah, so um, a year ago, just after a year ago right now, uh, we were part of, a, as part of a team that went out and did, I was on the road for four and a half weeks in Tennessee during the pandemic, uh, seeing, seeing participants all over the state of Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi, um, waking up at you know four or five in the morning, getting to a hotel at eight o'clock at night, and just nonstop going around and seeing locations all over uh, those states and and help people out. And one of the things you know that I really tracked and I was really proud of is one, getting people to make active decisions. Um, so as as a side note, I really think that all of the automation that we have is fantastic, right? Auto auto enrollment, auto escalate. Getting people in and target a funds or some kind of do it for me solution is absolutely fantastic uh, for the long term for people. But I think the step beyond that is is to get people to make an active decision because if they're making that active decision, they have that buy in for knowing why they made that decision. So when things hit the fan, right, like this quarter, this last quarter has not been great. But if people have that active decision, they have that buy in to stay invested, and we know how important it is to stay invested. Um, so. We had, and I can't remember the numbers off my head, but it was a, a very, very high percentage of people uh, stay or make an active decision. And then beyond that, really for my personal self, and what I am really proud of is, is having people save above the match. You know, it's easy to get people to save at the match. Um, taking that next step and saying, hey, there's no more free money. This is on you. Uh, that's a source of pride for me to be like, hey, I can get people to realize that we need to be doing this for themselves, for their families' futures. And, and having them take the time to make that decision to save above and beyond the match. So we know Scott and Matt and the team over at Qualified Plan Advisors, but what really sets the firm apart? What do you guys do better than anybody else? Yeah, I know. I think it's really the the passion for helping out um, the individual clients. You know, one of our uh, top owners says, you know, helping out the little gal and little girl um, and, and getting them the, the information they need. If you bring people good information, and you show them that you care, they're gonna make good choices. 
right? And we believe in that. We believe in you know putting boots on the ground. You know now nowadays it's it's being face to face with people, but also face to face like we are today. So meeting people where they're at, giving them good quality information, and helping them make good decisions for themselves and their family. And when it comes to our organization, I mean it's been part of our DNA for over 20 years. Like we started out doing managed accounts uh, 20 years ago, right? But and now it's just like coming around to hey, this is. This is something that's, you know, important for people, but getting out there in front of people, seeing people, helping them out uh, and, and telling them why it's important, right? Bringing the information from the boardroom, you know, the boardroom, people in investment committees, they spend all this time and effort and money to put these plans together for their people. And, we, you know, we're out there telling your people how much that these companies care about them, how much time and effort they're putting into this to help them, you know, be a partner in their success. So I think that's just, when I think about it, yeah, it's really important for, you know, screening funds and, and doing the due diligence that you need to do. Uh, like when I heard Fred Reich talk this last week at our, our Qualified Plan Fiduciary Summit, there's some really important things that have to be done, but it's taking that next step of saying, hey, let's just not be afraid of what we have to do. Let's imagine like what we can do to truly help our people out. And I think that's where our firm really shines is saying, hey, you know, we can cover the basics of blocking and tackling, but what's the next thing that we can do to really make this retirement plan really just something that you can be proud of and successful for not only the company, but their people as well. Getting to that million person goal that we spoke about earlier means that you're on the road a lot. I mean, you're everywhere. Just trying to get this scheduled was uh, was quite difficult. So how do you, you know, what do you do when you're off time? I mean, how do you rest and recharge? How do you, how do you keep that kind of stamina? I, it's pretty amazing, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting a little harder as, as it might be hard to see, but I got some gray hairs coming in now. <laughs> um, so the older I get, the harder it does get. But, you know, the I really do get recharged being in front of people. So, you know, while the travel itself, like getting up, you know, I live in Kansas City. So we have a decent airport. Uh, well, I take that back. We have a decent amount of flights. Our airport's getting redone. It'll be really good in 2023 when you come see us. But, um, you know, I, it's a lot of 5 a.m. flights, first flight out in the day. Last flight, uh, getting home at night, um, just to try to get home. Um, so honestly, it sounds crazy, but travel, travel for pleasure is really what drives me for to make money. Um, so I can go see other parts of the world. The more I travel and see other parts of the world, the more grateful I am for, for what I have. Uh, the more I learn from other people and other cultures to, to really expand my mind. And that really, truly makes me happy. Um, I also don't mind going out on the golf course with some friends and knocking some balls back, although I'm terrible at it. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get better at that too, but you know, uh, you know, family and friends hanging out with them, uh, is, is really what I truly enjoy on, on the weekends when I'm not traveling. Understood. Chris, that is exactly what we needed. Thank you so much for joining us. I do appreciate it. 